Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. I want to read for you today from the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Matthew 24, and I'll begin in verse 3. Matthew 24, verse 3. When you have it, just shout, I got it. If you want to stand for the reading of the word, you can. The Bible says, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately. They said, tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming? And of the end of the world. Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. Pay attention. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars and see that ye not be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall rise and many deceive and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. If you just stay and go over to chapter 25, I want to read just a couple scriptures for you from Matthew 25. Matthew 25, verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Matthew 25 and 14. For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And lastly, I'd like to read to you Matthew 25. Matthew 25 and verse 32. And before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd Divideth his sheep from the goats. And this morning, if you'll allow me for just a little while, and I will not get through this message today, so you've got to come back next Sunday. But I want to talk to you about oil, talents, and goats. Oil, talents, and goats. Let's pray together. God, we love you. I thank you for what we feel. Your presence is so prevalent in this room. You can almost cut it with a knife. And God, now I pray that your word will go forth and change us. Change us, renew us, restore us, heal us, God. I pray in the name of Jesus for your kingdom and for your glory that we would not only be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word also. And we'll be careful to give you the praise and glory and honor. Would you put your hands together now, lift up your voice, and someone shout, in Jesus' name. Shout it again, in Jesus' name. You may be seated. As you're being seated, look at your neighbor and ask them a few questions. Ask them, do you have any oil? Ask them, are you using your talents? And ask them, are you or are you not? 
a goat. Not the greatest of all time. That's only for Tom Brady and Michael Jordan. Anyway, Matthew 24. Just caused massive debate right there. Matthew 24. Usually, uh, when I am studying uh, for something that the Lord wants me to teach for uh, a season, um, I usually bring forth a, a series on like a Wednesday night, get into the Word, kind of stay focused on the same concept for several Wednesday nights in a row, teach Bible. If you're not making it to Wednesday night services, let me tell you, you just, you're missing out. Wednesday night is phenomenal. We have a great time. It's, one of the, it's the best service of the week, uh, let me tell you. And, um, and I already had something prepared for today. Matter of fact, I told my wife last night when I was preaching today. So this morning in the 9 o'clock service, she probably was like, what? This is not what he told me he was preaching. Um, there she goes right there. Everybody look, everybody look, everybody look. What? Jesus, hallelujah. She distracts me all the time. Why you got to come in while I'm trying to preach? Gosh. This is something I've been working on for a while on a Wednesday night kind of status. But over the, the last couple of days, the Lord's been dealing me with, about this. That's why, that's why you, you, you may be thinking, you know, why pastors shut this down and, 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 and make us all go back to our seats and, and preach? Because I feel like that the Lord wants to say something to you today. He wants to begin something in this house today. And, and, and the Lord said, I want you to preach this on Sunday. This is not a Sunday message. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. This is not a Sunday message for me. This is a series that I've been working on for a while to teach on, on Wednesday nights. But the Lord said, I want you to preach this. So here I am on a Sunday morning preaching a series that I've never done before. So we're going to start tonight or today. So I, I, I feel like I'm teaching on Wednesday nights. I'm going to switch to my lapel. Brother Tom. Made me feel... A little better, like I'm on teaching. If I hold that mic too long, I'm going to start preaching, y'all. Y'all, Something happens to me when I test that mic. Jesus is sitting with his disciples on the Mount of Olives. And I think that sometimes me and you, we, we, we see moments like this. And because we are privy to what happens next, we don't necessarily have the questions that the disciples had. The disciples really had questions. They were, they, they, they were bothered by some things. Because they didn't have hindsight like we have. We, we, we're able to look at the word of God and read it all for ourselves and have such knowledge of not only what was happening, but what's about to happen next. We got to realize sometimes that these disciples, they were, to them, they had no clue what was happening next. They, in these moments, they were living day to day, word for word, following Christ. And so they're sitting on the Mount of Olives in there and they're having a conversation and, and they ask a question, which is a great question to ask. They say, Lord, would you tell us the signs when, when, when we know you're coming back? When, when do we know that the end is near? Give us, tell us when shall these things be? Because if you go back to chapter 23, you'll see these, in the, these are the moments when Jesus tells them that I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. The, they're going to take my life. And, and, and 
we, we see these moments where Jesus is saying things to them that's lifting so many questions, but I'm going to return and I will establish my kingdom upon the earth. And so the disciples, they're just being, you know, intuitive. They, they're curious. They want to know. They say, Lord, show us, tell us what we shall see in this time. What shall be the sign of thy coming? This is verse 3. What is the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Tell us. And today, I could go into the book of Revelations and we could, we could sit up here and talk about dragons and seven-headed beasts and the, and the, and the lady from, from Babylon. We could talk about all that. We could go into a deep study on the end time. And I'll tell you that most of that stuff in the book of Revelation is happening right now. It ain't going to happen. ain't about to happen. It's happening. The things that the end of time is upon us. But I'm going to stay focused on what Jesus had to say in, in this moment. And I know we could go into Revelation. We could pull some of this stuff out. But, but just for my lesson today, my, I'm going to treat you a little bit if that's okay. Just for my lesson today, I want to stay focused on what Jesus had to say in this moment. Let me tell you what Jesus said. Jesus said, take heed that no man deceive you. This is the first thing he said. After they said, show us what's going to happen. Give us, a, give us the, the answers for the end of time. Unlock the riddle for us. Tell us what's going to happen. The first thing he says is pay attention that nobody deceives you. Watch closely because there's going to be many who want to deceive you. There's going to be a lot of lies out there. You're not going to know who to believe. But be careful. Be careful that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Now, for us today in America, that seems silly. But let me tell you, there are people all over America who are saying right now that they are the Christ. They got little factions going, little groups going. But when you go to other countries, in other countries, there are great movements of people who are saying that they are Jesus Christ. I know of one man personally in the country of Thailand has over a million constituents in his church. He says that he is Jesus Christ. He has over a million, you can go online and watch his services. It is something to behold. He has thousands of people in his choir every Sunday. They all dress the same. They all look the same. All got the same hairstyle. And this man is preaching every week that he is the Christ. He has the answers for the end time and that he has come again. It's a big deal. Now, what is crazy is this guy, um, some of you may remember Brother Jeff Mallory who came a couple years ago that had cancer, and he told us a testimony of the incurable cancer that he had. At Jeff Mallory's father, Gordon Mallory, who's a good friend of mine, he won this guy off the street when he was just a young teenager. Got him in the church, got him filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized him in Jesus' name, won him to the Lord. He went through the Bible school in Thailand, and somewhere in all of that, he got twisted and decided, I'm God. And it didn't, it, it, it didn't just stop with a couple people. I mean, this man has a massive following of people that believe that he is Jesus Christ. Now, we're kind of insulated from some of that stuff here in America, but it's happening in other countries. There's, there's countries like Brazil that has a man in Brazil, countries like uh, Paraguay and, and Peru that have different men who are saying, I am the Christ, and they have massive followings of people that, that follow them and believe that they are the second coming of Christ. Jesus said that this would happen. He said it would be upon the earth. This is a sign of the end time. He said, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. He said, but see that you're not troubled. Don't, don't, don't be afraid. Because we're living in a time right now where there's wars on every hand. There's so many wars happening. And it's not only wars that we know that are going on. 
it's rumors of wars. They might be fighting over here. We got civil wars happening. We have, we have all kinds of different countries that are involved in some wars. Libya, we got, we got stuff going on in Iran. We got stuff going on in Syria, North and South Korea. There's so many. At any time, something could pop off. At any time, somebody could push a button and we'd be right back in it. At any time, it could happen. And there's probably stuff going on that we don't even know about that you hear about spoken in darkness, secret places, and it has the church worried, but it's just a sign. He said, see that you be not troubled. Don't let your heart grow weary. For all these things must come to pass. It's the end time. But the end is not yet. Let me tell you what else he said. He said, nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines. Famines going on right now. Pestilences, diseases all over this country, all over this world. And earthquakes in diverse places. There's been over 300 earthquakes in the last 14 days on this planet. Happening all the time. Happening all the time. Nation against nation. Wars and rumors of wars. And listen, I know that we don't necessarily have any kind of real physical battle wars happening in our country right now. But ladies and gentlemen, there are wars being fought in this country right now. Divisions and Democrats and Republicans. and I'm for it. I'm against it. Oh yeah, we're fighting. We may not be fighting with bombs and guns. We're doing worse than that. At least if we were fighting on the battlefield, you'd have a uniform, I'd have a uniform, I'd know who you were. But you're hanging out in the dark right now. Fighting each other, hating each other. That's what comes next. These are the beginning of sorrows. And then, verse 9, they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And we are so insulated in this country that we think that this kind of stuff ain't happening, but it's happening. I thank God for the red, white, and blue and the stars and stripes that affords me the benefit to go wherever I want to go, pray however I want to pray, serve God however I want to serve God, read whatever book I want to read. You ought to be thankful today that you live in a country you can come to a church and worship God any way you want to worship Him. Ain't nobody going to arrest you. Ain't nobody going to stop you. Ain't nobody going to put you in prison. Ain't nobody going to cut your head off. Thank God that I live in a country that I can serve him any way I want to serve him. But let me tell you, your brothers and sisters in other countries don't have that ability. Today, right now, they're in basements whispering of the goodness of God. They whisper about it. They, 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 they can't praise God like they want to praise God. They'd be put in jail. Just a few weeks ago, me and Pastor John, brother and sister Hawkins, uh, sister Jennifer Mayer, we went to a, a, a conference, and in that conference, they had a man speaking. They didn't, he, he is wanted in his country. People are have there's a bounty on his head because he's reaching Muslims by the thousands. Before he came up to preach, they didn't even have his name on the docket. They wouldn't even tell us who he was. Before he came with the preach, they got up and said, turn your phones off. Nobody take video. Nobody take pictures. They said, hey, up in the, up in the top, turn the video off. You can't go by that video. We had to have this man speak to us in secrecy because if anybody found out he was there, they may try to do something. That's happening right now. That's not something I heard about. I saw this man. He told us testimonies of how God is moving in countries like Iran. How God's moving in countries like Syria. The gospel's being preached. 
And here, we can stand on the street corner and declare the word of God, but there, they got to whisper in dark places. But there's coming a day. And he preached a message that convicted my soul when he preached about apostolic context. And he talked about when God, when Jesus sent them out, he said, I send you out as lambs amongst wolves. He said, and we are content to be, he said, he said, Jesus said, you will be sheep among wolves. He said, and we are content to be sheep among sheep. But God never intended us to be sheep among sheep. He intended us to be sheep among wolves. Man, it was so powerful. It convicted me because I'm comfortable. Ain't nobody trying to cut my head off. Ain't nobody looking for me today. The devil don't like me, but he ain't ever like me. We have an agreement. I hate him and he hates me. But it's coming to us. You listen to me, America, American Christians sitting in this room today. There's going to come a time they may not cut your head off, but they'll, but they'll block you. You have to give up your position at work because you stand for something. You'll get fired because of something that you said that didn't meet with the cultural standard. Can't preach against sin. If you call abortion murder, they get mad at you. They'll fight you. It's murder. I don't care if you do it on day one or the last day. It's murder. It's a sin. But people don't like you when you talk that way. Oh, no, 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 you got you you to you be careful. Oh, no. God didn't change last night. He still hates sin. He didn't change his mind. God didn't change his mind. He loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. And you know what he wants me to do? He wants me to preach against it. And I don't believe in it. I don't stand for it. I believe abortion is a murder. I believe that homosexuality is a sin. I believe that drug addiction is a sin. I believe that fornication is still a sin in any form or fashion. I still believe that adultery will send you to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Sin is a sin. It's still a sin. I don't care what the world says. It's still a sin. I don't care what society says. It's still a sin. I don't care what the government says. It's still a sin. God don't like it, and I don't like it either. I'll love you. I'll serve you. I'll bless you, but I hate that sin. He's against it. He's against it. But it's going to become more and more difficult for me to say those things. There's already pushback. Already pushback. If you speak the truth, all of a sudden now, I can't believe Christians would say that. No, I I can't believe Christians wouldn't say that. I can't believe that I can't believe you, you, you go as far as, as to say that. No, I can't believe that you wouldn't go as far as to say that. It's the truth. Here's the problem with our society is, is that we got we we got Christians that want to speak the truth with no love in it. Talking about I'm so sorry, I'm so sick of these snowflake liberals. Well, you know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of Christians with bad attitudes. That's what I'm that's what I'm that's what I'm sick of. Let's just real talk for a minute. Because you want to speak truth, but truth cannot be spoken without trust. You can't just be out there speaking truth. What you said on Facebook is true, but you, 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 you cut 7,000 throats when you said it. 
Well, the truth hurts. No, no, that's, that's not Bible. That's, that's cultural. That's what we say. That's not what God said. This is what God said. He said, speak the truth in love. That's what the Bible said. You know what we say? Well, the truth hurts sometimes. Well, that, that, that's a good saying. And it's true, but it ain't Bible. You know what's Bible? Speak the truth in love. And you may be right. You may be right. But you also may be wrong at the same time. There's some things that even I will not speak over this platform because I don't know who's sitting in this crowd. And if you don't trust me, you won't hear truth from me. Yeah, that's why I say things on Wednesday night that I don't say on Sundays. Because if you come on Wednesday night, you know what you're telling me? I'm ready for that word, Pastor. Speak that word to me. And so when I see you sitting here on Wednesday, I know that you have, you have made an extra effort to be in the presence of the word. And the word is sharp. Today's message is going to be sharp. Because what you need to know is the end time is upon us. And you better get ready. Hey, half-stepping ain't going to cut it right now. 99 and a half won't do right now. You can't be half in and half out. You can't be playing patty cake Jesus right now. This is real time. Jesus is on his way back, and you better be ready. I'm moving quickly. He said, then shall many be offended. Ooh, ain't we there? Everybody's offended. And shall betray one another and shall hate one another. My goodness. Haters going to hate, 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 hate. And, and we're just going to shake them off. The devil is a lie. When's the last time you tried to shake off haters? They don't shake off that easy. But let me tell you what the Bible said. The Bible said he that hated his brother is a murderer. First John, look it up for yourself. He didn't say he that hated his brother is like a murderer. No, no, that's not what he said. He said, he that hated his brother is a murderer, and he hath no eternal life in him. So, guess what? You're going to go to, let's say you commit adultery. You're going you're gonna to bust hell wide open. But if you hate your brother, you're not going in at any kind of different speed than the next guy. And we say haters going to hate, but God says murderer is going to murder. It's tight, but it's right. You may be sitting here looking all pretty today, but if you got hate in your heart against your brother or your sister, let me tell you right now, you are on your way to a, to a devil's hell, and you are, you are fooling yourself. Mm. Can I just preach today? I mean, I ain't trying to hurt nobody's feelings. I'm trying to be pastor right now, because there's some folks in here, you need to get right and get ready. Get right and get ready. They shall be offended, they shall betray, they shall hate, and then many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Notice that false prophets and people that say that the crisis, they're not connected. Because we got people who are speaking untruths, false truths, and are deceiving many because people want to run to places that will tickle their ears and tell them what they want to hear. But you know what? I believe that's one of the reasons that this church is full today. We had, almost, we had two full services today. First service was packed today. 
And now second service is packed today. You know why? Because people are looking for a church that will still say what the Bible says. I'm not looking for your pretty message. I want to hear what God said. Let me hear what God said about it. Let me hear what the Lord said about it. I'm looking for a church that the Spirit still moves in. I ain't trying to hear three songs, snap some hands and go home. No, I need a change in my life. Can it put my marriage back together? Can my kids get saved? Will my marriage make it? Can I come off drugs? Will I be free from sin and bondage? I need somebody that'll preach to me the word of God. Hey! And in the end times, there will be a great falling away, but I believe that churches that are still preaching it will experience great revival because people are not looking for a church that will make them happy. They're looking for a church that will get them ready. And you can't be happy and ready at the same time. Getting ready is going to cost you. I'll show you. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many shall wax cold. We got, we got, we got, we got churches that are prayerless and churches that are loveless. I, I believe with all my heart that the closer you get to God, the more you want to love people. I'm confused, I'm confused with people that pray all the time but don't love nobody. I'm confused with people that say they're, that, they, that, that they're walking with God and they, and they love God, but they can't love nobody else that don't look like them or the same color as them. Or. I'm confused. I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think you can't do that. That's not possible. If you love Jesus, you got to love me. If you, if you love Jesus, you got to love your brother. How can a man say that he loved God whom he hath not seen and hate his brother whom he hath seen? You're a fool. He's a liar and the truth is not in him. You see that Jesus ends this chapter as he begins to tell them the signs of the times, what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, who it's going to happen to. All these things are happening, and we see it happening in our world today. He goes through, he talks about the fig tree, he, he goes down through chapter 24, and he lays it all down. And when he steps into chapter 25, he tells some stories. He talks about, firstly, these ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Why would you bring it if you're not going to put oil in it? Watch, watch chapter 25 and verse 5. While the bridegroom tarried, watch, watch what the scripture says. They all, somebody say all, all, slumbered and slept. All. All ten of them struggled to stay awake. The foolishness has nothing to do with slumber and sleep. The foolishness has something to do with oil. foolish because they slumbered and slept. They were foolish because they came with no oil. Everybody slumbered and slept. Everybody goes through seasons in their walk with God when they're not doing exactly what they need to be doing. 
all of us go through seasons where we where we kind of miss out a little bit. We all slumber and sleep. Slumber and sleep are two different things. Slumber is in between and sleep is fully asleep. Some of us are fully asleep today. You need to arise, oh sleeper. And some are in between. We're just kind of caught up in that in-between world. You know how it is to be half asleep and half awake. You ever been half asleep and thought you did something, knew you needed to do something, and you thought you did it, and when you woke up, you were still sitting in the chair like, I could have swore I got up and made me a cup of coffee, and I'm sitting here with no coffee. But you thought you did it? That's a, a lot of people are doing that in the church right now. You're slumbering. You're in between. You think you're, but you ain't doing nothing. But everybody slept. Whether they were wise or whether they were foolish had nothing to do with sleeping and slumbering because we all slumber sometimes and we all sleep sometimes. The foolishness and the wiseness of them had everything to do with what they had in their lamps. The bridegroom tarried, they slumbered and slept, and at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in to him to the marriage and the door was shut. My God, what a tragedy. The door was shut. Afterwards came the other virgin saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, verily I say unto you, I know you not. Oh, hallelujah. Hear the word of the Lord today. You better make sure there's oil in your lamp. You got to make sure there's oil. I can't, you, can't, you can't get in the door with my oil. I can't get in the door with your oil. You got to make sure there's oil in your lamp. Why would you even bring a lamp if you weren't going to bring in the oil? Why would you have a lamp if you weren't going to put no oil in it? What good is a lamp with no oil? They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Why you look good, but you got no oil in you. You look right, but you got no oil in you. You look like you should have oil, but you got no oil in you. There's no power and there's no anointing in you. You just look good. Your suit and your tie look nice. You look like you should be here, but you got no oil in you. I'll take somebody that don't look right that has the oil against somebody who looks good but don't have nothing in them. Let me tell you the tragedy of this. The tragedy of this is they knew where to get it. It wasn't a secret. Nobody was hiding the oil. There was no secret location to the oil. They had to go. Now, now, now watch. I didn't say this in the first service. Let me say it in this service. They had to go to them that sold it. Could it be that the reason they didn't have oil is because it, was, it would cost them? Oil cannot be found. Oil must be bought. You have to buy oil. The oil will cost you. Everybody running around here wanting free oil. You ain't going to get no free oil. Ain't no such thing as free oil. Oil takes pressing. Oil takes time. Oil takes work. Oil takes pressure. And you just can't get it from anywhere. You just can't randomly get some oil. If you want oil, you got to put in some time and effort and energy. 
Can I preach to you this morning? You can't get oil just showing up every Sunday. You can't get oil just being here on Wednesday night. If you want oil, it takes a Monday walk with God. It takes a Tuesday walk with God. It takes a Wednesday walk with God. Oil's going to cost you. Oil's going to cost you. You got to put in some time, baby. You got to put in some effort. You got to put in some energy. I need oil, and I know where to get it. You get the oil in the altar. You get the oil on your knees. You get the oil in the prayer room. You get your oil when nobody's looking and nobody's watching. You put in the time and you get oil. They knew where to get it. If you knew where to get it, why don't you have it? People are talking about, Pastor, you know, I know what I need to do. I just, what knowing is nothing. Your knowledge is going to send you straight to hell. You know what to do, but you're not doing it. What is a tragedy is they knew what to do. And when they heard the cry, when they heard, hey, it's time. When they saw, the, hey, it's time. There's a cry that went out. When they felt the, the necessity of the time. While they were going to get ready, he came. What a tragedy. To run back with oil in your lamp and see that the door is closed. Let me in. Let me in. I've been here. I was here earlier. Uh, I look right. I got my lamp. I got oil now. I got oil. I went to get it. I knew where it was. I knew where to find it. I was just lazy. I was a procrastinator. I played church. I was half in and half out. I was pretending the whole time. I knew what I needed to do. I just didn't do what I needed to do. I knew it. I just didn't do it. Let me in. I don't know you. I don't know you. Yes, you do. I'm a virgin. I'm kept. I'm perfect. I'm good. I got it all together. I got my lamp. No. You didn't have oil. Listen. Oil, watch this, it, oil was not what opened the door. It wasn't that they couldn't open the door because it didn't have oil. They had oil. I got oil now. No, you weren't ready when I came. But I got oil. I'm ready now. No, 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 no. You got to be ready all the time. You're not hearing me right now. You're not hearing me right now. I'm ready now. No, no, I'm ready now. I got everything right. I'm finally making enough money. I'm I'm, going to be at church. I'm ready now. You know, we we finally got married. I I think I can, you know, everything's coming around. I'm going to, I'm going to be there, pastor. I'll tell you. And, you know, this, I just got to, you know, do this and do this, get this right. Let me just say this to you. I'll wait on you, but God won't. I'll wait on you. I'll wait till you get it right. I'll pray for you till you get it right. I'll pray for you and make sure that everything's good and everything's just perfect in the church. Everybody's doing the right things. Everybody's saying the right things. Everything's just right for you. I'll wait for you. I'll do everything I can to make sure that we don't leave without you. But I'm not the one that opens and closes the door. Oh, no. When he closes the door, baby, it's closed. You can't. I will stand on the other side and beat the door and say, God, open it up. But I can't open the door for you. And I can't give you my oil. You can't go to heaven off my prayer life. You can't go to heaven off my worship life. You can't go to heaven off my Bible study life. 
You can't go to heaven off that. You got to go to heaven off your own prayer life. You got to go to heaven off your own son. You got to get your own oil. Get your own oil. I'm almost finished. I'm almost done today. I'm bringing it to a close. There's no way I can get to the next two. So you got to be here next Sunday. No way I can get to the next two. But I, let me just hear the word of the man of God today. Hear my passion and hear why I calmed everything down today and, and brought this message to you. Because there's some folks in here today, a shout ain't going to help you. A few little jerks and jives in the altar ain't going to help you. You need to get oil in your lamp. You need to go to those who sell it. And you need to put in time. You need to worship God on tomorrow. You need to do something on Tuesday. You need to say to get a lifestyle. It's oil in my lamp. It's oil in my lamp. It's oil in my lamp. Because no man knoweth the day or the hour. Huh. I got to always keep oil in my lamp. And if I always keep oil in my lamp, I'll always be a light where I go. Why, why are you always talking about Jesus all the time? Because I keep my oil full. Why are you so spiritual? Because I keep my oil full. Why are you always talking about Jesus at work? Because I keep my oil full. What good is it to carry a lamp if there's no oil in it? It's like what Jesus told the Pharisees and Sadducees. He said, you're coffins. You're, you're, you look good and pretty on the outside. You're dead on the inside. You, 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 got, that, you, got, that, you got that lamp shined up to perfection because you keep thinking a genie's going to pop out of it. But ain't nothing coming out the lamp, baby. You got to put something in the lamp. You got to pay for that oil. Put in your time. Put in your effort. This church is on a shift upwards. And everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Can be, yeah. Oh, yeah. The devil is attacking left and right. You know why? Because we're on a shift upwards. Hey, and you don't fight when you go with the current. No, no, no. You fight when you go against it. You fight when you're going upstream, not downstream. And there's a struggle, there's a fight. And I'm telling this church right now, get oil in your lamp. Get oil in your lamp. Well, Pastor, I look, you know, I mean, come on now. I mean, I'm a man of God. I, I look good. I, I, I got all the credentials. I mean, I, I look fine, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm doing right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But is there any oil in that lamp? Right now, could you lay hands on the sick? Would they recover? Well, you know, I'm not a minister. Yes, you are. Stop saying that. Stop believing that junk. What? Because this microphone does not equal ministry. Well, you know, I'm, I just like to come to church and just sit on a pew. I'm just a saint. That's our problem. That's why our churches stay small and our hearts stay empty. Because you keep thinking that you don't need oil. You keep thinking that I'm the oil guy. That somehow 
the Lord pours into me and I overflow and fill all y'all up. That ain't Bible. Sounds good, but this is not a Ponzi scheme. It's not, it's in a pyramid scheme, guys. Each man must work out his own salvation. And you keep looking at me, time out. Well, the pastor's feeling it, I'm feeling it. No, you need to feel it when I don't feel it. I'm just a man like you. I have ups and downs. I go through struggles and trials and tribulation. And ladies and gentlemen, yes, you hear it from the horse's mouth. I slumber and I sleep. I struggle to keep my eyes open sometimes because he's tarrying. I wish he'd come back today. There's some moments in my life I'm like, Lord, if, if you come back, if, you, if you're coming back, come back now. I'm good. I'm like, I've been praying. I've been I've been fast. I've been, I feel good. Like, Lord, if you're coming back, today will be a great day because I feel like I'm ready. And there's other days I'm like, Lord, please don't come back today. If you, if you, today is not the day because they tried my patience. And I'm telling you, I'm going to slap somebody before I pray for them, Lord. Help me, Jesus, today. Help me today. Don't come back today. Anybody have answered today? Lord, don't come back today. Not today. Come back on a day that I'm feeling good. I'm prayed up, stayed up, ready to go up. I got a little song I sing every once in a while. It goes like this. I don't want to cuss no more. Yeah. That's just real talk. I sing it to myself. Sometimes I sing it out loud. Because I got days that I want him to come and days that I don't. Because I slumber and sleep. However, however, I don't let too many moments pass by that I don't make sure there's all. You know why? You know why? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Sister Denise Harris is sitting back there right now. Because in the middle of a day, in the middle of a day, when, when I'm at home sitting on my couch, chilling, Sister Denise Harris calls. And she's terrified and weeping. They just tried to murder my cousin. He's in the hospital. And you know what? I got to have oil in my lamp right then, right now. I can't say, I can't say, I can't say, well, Sydney, we'll pray about it. We can, no, no, we need prayer now. So I say, Sister Denise, let's, let's pray together right now. I got to have oil now. I can't wait. I can't go, hey, Sydney, hold on a minute. Give me a couple days. Let me get prayed up. Let me get ready. No, we got to pray now. We can't play games. We can't mess around. He may come today. He may come right now. He may come while you're eating lunch today. You better be ready. Get oil in your lamp. Whatever it costs you, get oil in your lamp. Whatever you got to pay, get oil in your lamp. Whatever it, get oil in your lamp. God, fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up. Stay with me all over this room right now. There's oil. Do you have any oil? Do you have any oil? Do you have any oil? The bridegroom opens the door and those who are there and ready with all their slumbering, with all their sleeping, with all their inadequacies and all their trouble, we know they're not perfect, but they're there and they're ready. 
There's a difference between being perfect and being ready. The difference. God does not ask us to be perfect. He's perfect. He just asks us to be ready. And when the door is open and those that are there and ready, come in. Come in to the feast. Come in to the wedding. The bridegroom approacheth. Come in. Come in. I want to encourage you today. I don't know what you're going through specifically in your life, in your world, what's happening in your shoes today. But God's not asking you to be perfect. He's asking you to be ready. Are you ready today? Have you been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost? Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Are you ready? Do you have a lamp? And if you have a lamp, where's the oil? And if you know where to get it, if you know where it's at, what's your excuse? Why don't you have any? I'm getting around to it, Pastor. In due time. No, 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 no. Time is due. It's not due time. Time is due now. Be ready. Because you never know when the cry is going to go forth. I'm not here to scare you today. I'm just here to tell you that everything that Jesus said in Matthew 24 is happening right now. In this season. Right now. The end time is upon us. And ever since I started this church six years and four months ago, I've been preaching the same thing. It's, this is the end time revival. It's here. Why are you still waiting to fill your lamp with oil? Don't let it burn out. And don't think, don't think because somebody else ain't doing what you're doing that they ain't got no oil. Because they ain't praying as many hours as you they ain't got no oil. No, no, no. You worry about your oil and I worry about my oil. Because I can't share my oil with you. My own children can't go to heaven off my oil. My own wife can't go to heaven off my oil. They got to get their own. So I teach them where to get the oil. And I'm teaching you today where to get the oil. You need to get that oil. It's going to cost you now. It's going to cost you. You're going to have to get up early and pray. It's going to cost you now. You're not going to be able to do what you want to do. It's going to cost you. You may have to get rid of some friendships. Some negative, toxic friends who keep bringing you down. Yeah, it's going it's to cost you. There's some of your relationships that are negative. Yeah, you need to cut them off. They're killing your oil. The Bible says that a small fly in the apothecary ruins the anointing oil. It ruins it. And it's going to cost you. The oil's not free. <laughs> no, no, no. You can get a lamp. You can get ready. You come down here today, it will cost you a dime or a dollar to get on your knees and repent of your sins. Get baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Free. Free for all. But if you want all, go take some time. Go take some prayer. Go take some work. It's going to take maybe stepping away from this, stepping away from that. 
It's going to take getting involved over here, getting involved over there. You know what this is? This is, are you ready? Are you working? And are you serving? Are you ready today? We're going to talk about working and serving next week. But are you ready today? You can't work or serve until you're ready. You got to get ready. You got to be ready. Hear the cry of the man of God today. Are you ready? Because the bridegroom is about to crack the door. And those that are present and ready. Those that have trim lamps and oil to burn. God, pour into us today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to open this altar. But in the name of Jesus, I pray the Lord will I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.